So we're in the second part of um, the South Africans Doing Great Things feature of the show. For those of you who just joined us in the first bit, we were speaking to Lieko Mukwena, and she's the founder of Made with Rural. If you are interested in getting in touch with them, you can find them um, on the Facebook page Made with Rural or at Twitter Made with Rural and underscore at the end. You can also email her at Lieko at madewithrural.co.za. For this part of the show, we're going to be talking to Sizwe Mkobo. So Sizwe Mkobo is a community developer and urban planner, um, and part of Sizwe's work has been in transforming informal settlements with innovative ideas and collaborative approaches. Um, in plain English, he's just an amazing urban planner. He was awarded the South African... Uh, Planning Institute Young Planner Award in October 2014. Um, he's also received a golden Impumelelo Golden Award in 2013 for a project that he oversaw in the city of Cape Town, and we'll definitely talk to him about that tonight. He was also a Yali Fellow, so a uh, um, Young African Leaders um, Fellow for a program that was hosted in the United States. We'll touch on that a bit and gave the most amazing TED Talk on why do we have to move out. This was in September 2015. Sizwe, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Good evening. Good evening. Thank you for having me in the show. Thank you so much Uh, for joining. I was touched that you didn't come into studio, though. I thought I was going to see you here. Now I'm talking to you over the phone. (laughs) Shem, tikatazegile. The township thing, you know, and then each thing in town at that time of the night and lovely. No, no, <laughs> no, it's okay, don't stress, not a problem. So, I mean, I would like for us to quickly, I mean, just delve right into it. Um, I want to hear your story. I mean, what sparked your interest in, in town planning and urban design? Uh, so, as, as, as I said, uh, I'm born and raised in an informal settlement. So, Mina, being born in, in that situation, I think, and, and going through schooling, there's always been this question of what it takes to transform our community, especially after 1994 with the whole hope. And, and, and even when housing projects came through, there were more around the Samoa Ramachal, so moving away from Nyanga, or later on going to Edelft. And, and, and that kind of, and my mom refused. As, as, I, as, I, as I spell it out in my TED talk, for us to move because it was a, it's far away from Guzgolo that we were involved in at that time. And and so that way, I didn't know what town planning was, but I've always had this question of what what is it? I wanted to know how does development happen and, and what does it take for development to happen? So as I, as I went through to school, then that's where, when I, I thought I wanted to be a civil engineer because that's what people were doing the roads. I thought that's the people that are building the communities. But through being involved as part of a Go for Gold program, which is a program that takes uh, students from high school into construction, that's the kind of work. And it would have a year where they are working in construction, which is when I worked as a civil intern in, in, in 2005 for power construction. That's what I learned there's a profession called town planning. Mm. And, and those are the guys that work in the background deciding how communities are designed and how does the community look like. Mm. So straight then, the following year, that's what I applied for. Okay. And that's how I, yeah. 
Okay. And and so, I mean, in digging into that, because I, I mean, I was at your TED Talk and I found it very, very inspiring. And I've read some of the articles around this conversation of, of town planning and informal settlements. And your whole thing focuses on why do people have to move? So why do people have to leave the informal settlement? Why can't we reimagine and transform what we consider informal settlements? So practically speaking, I mean, I'd like for you to, to give us one of the examples of, of, of your success story and one of the, you know, the great um, transformation projects that you've been a, a part of. Okay. So while I was working for, for COC, which is, I used to work for an organization called Community Organization Resources and in the past six years, and, 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 and then part of that engagement, so we worked on, on three reblocking projects that we completed successfully. The first one was Mshinoam, the the more interesting one was the last one, Flamingo Crescent, mm. which is where we started looking and this is the people who moved in. In fact they were initially moved by the city into a public open space. And and that is amongst an industrial area in, 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 in on Lansdowne Road. And so the the talking was that there's Pelican Park, so they're gonna be moved to Pelican Park after living for years. But only a few of them qualified for formal housing. The rest, they didn't even have ideas or know anything. So they were just as hopeless than that kind of situation that they cannot be accommodated by the state. Or even if they qualified for RTP, there's no way of proving that because they don't have identity documents. So there the engagement was around how do we organize and improve the level of services, which is mostly even the core part. So the focus on the block is saying how do we improve services, but also how do we start tackling flooding, and also fire, in, in, which is what big challenge for mm. of the three biggest challenges for any form of government. So the idea was to say, let's reshuffle what we have. Let's work on measuring the spaces as they are from people's houses as they are, and what space are they willing to give in, and, and what's the form. So we went through this process of enumerating and knowing each household and, and, and having those conversations with and then allowing people to design their own communities, which is a big thing, to bring design down to the people themselves so they can understand how they can make their own communities work better and function through their own interests. Um, so, and so, mm-hmm. so when yeah. you say design, sorry to interrupt you, Sizwe, I just I want to break this apart for, for our listeners as well. Because, you know, when you say to allow communities to design what their community is going to look like, given the, the mm-hmm. fact that there's a re-blocking project coming on, practically what did that mean? So what choices did the, commu- did the community members get to make um, and, and what kinds of designs did they put in place? So when we profile the community, and, and working with the community leaders, and uh, it's discovered that people are saying, okay, can we then have, because even now the, the near strikes after 2012 were changing from housing strikes, right? Mm-hmm. Wherever people are protesting, so it's going to service deliver. So the call was for service, being specific to service deliver, because then the norm kept on coming from the state. Well, you are being you're in the housing, you're being planned for, planned for you whether that plan is in South and the same in, in Langa, so you have to move all the way down, but you're working in town. So, or, or you are in a place like the industrial area in, in Lansdowne, but you have to move out of that place, which is a place of work. So then the conversation with them was to say, what can we improve? And people would say, what it is to have water, and to have 
that doesn't come continue to get diarrhea. Which is something that I know of experience from using to your your chemical toilet. Uh, but so so you get to the point where you talk with them and, and have that conversation out of their own hands. We say, how do we create this possible? How do we make this possible? So I remember we would measure shack, each shack, and be able to cut how that was from us as a seven planners and, and architects to make scale drawings of the same community and the same shack. And part of that scale, people can get to shuffle and say, okay, what if my house was standing like this? What if my neighbor's house was standing like this? What does that give us? Because there will always be somehow gaps between shacks, right? So how do we optimize the little space that is there, even the little road that goes through, so that we can get it the minimum of three meters so a car can flow through for emergency cases in this community? And at least there's a way opening up that road where a, a sanitation pipe can go through so that you can connect toilets. Those are the decisions we're making. Mm-hmm. That's the size of the house, where if I'm a single guy, and I've got a big shack. Am I willing to tone down a bit so that I can give space then to someone who has a family and then they can have a 20 square meter? That's the biggest size that we have in, in the same community so that we can make our community plan work. Which mm. is things. And also, people would be organized and, and mobilized so that they can pay, they, 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 they have to put in money for their own delivery. So, like, we would change the nature of the shack because some would find that those are easy to enable stuff. So, putting it in and taking to IPR street, which is more fire resistant, still a shack to be more fire resistant. And where does that funding come from? Because it won't come from the state. Mm. So, how does the organization and the people organize themselves so they can help each other okay. break it from an 80, mm. 80, 20 percent kind of agreement? And those are the decisions that community was working on organizing money and putting money behind that process to happen okay. to be in place. Okay, so I mean, Sizwe, on that, I mean, the the this kind of work that you've done is is what has really, um, you know, I suppose, put you on the map, if you want to call it that, this collaborative approach. And um, you were part of the Mandela Washington Fellowship last year for young African leaders. Um, and for those of you who are just listening to us now, I'm just talking about the Yali program. So it's the Young African Leaders Initiative, and it's a program that was launched in 2010 by President Obama. And they take about a thousand young leaders to the United States um, for the summer vacation. So, Cesar, you are part of this um, program. Um, you know, if you can maybe just share for us in a nutshell, what was your um, experience of the Yali program? Would you encourage others to apply? And um, what is the kinds of benefits that you've derived from participating in this? Sure. You, this one, uh, I would really encourage like other young people, even. When I came back, I started encouraging more other, other guys that I know. They do similar work where they've got invested interest in their communities to grow, whether they do through art or whatnot. So I started encouraging for them to apply. And I would really, really uh, encourage people to apply because the closing date is on the 26th of, 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 of October. And so it's, it's an amazing program. It's, it's about social development, which is one thing and is going to be going to school and realizing and going through a process of 
Why am I doing the work? Mm, Sizwe, sorry, we lost you a bit there because your line went a bit bad. Do you just want to repeat um, what you were saying just now? Okay. So, no, I, I was saying to, I, I encourage young people to apply because it takes the, 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 the group uh, between the age group of 25 to 35 years old. So mm-hmm. if you know you're someone, whether you're working for the state, whether you, you, you've got your own stuff that you're doing, your own company, or you're working for an NGO, but you've got a passion about your community and, 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 and serving others, I would encourage you to apply and, and really to, to broaden up your network and explore what the world has out there. Because it was an amazing program for me in such a way that it, it enhances the level the, the thing of professional development, which is one thing I, I believe we, we kind of lack in NSA. Because once you're done with school, you don't want to go back to class to for your own uh, growth and, and learning new things. So it was this idea of learning more and, and why it's important to serve others. For me now, who's in the course of, of, of a civic civic leadership. Right. And, 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 and going through classes of, of six weeks. But... Beyond the classes, it was amazing to meet because in each university, I was in Portland State University. There were 24 other people from other African countries who, who are doing amazing work. So just to see other young people who are dedicated, running their own NGOs, running, doing things from the smallest cause that one can think, but it's because it's a, it's a, it's a challenge in their own community. And meeting guys who've been through so much trauma, who've been through so much of war, that encourages them to do more, and you see, start feeling like like a South African guru. You are you are you are very privileged. Yeah. But with their stories, so you start like gaining and, and, and some some sort of encouragement and energy just from people around you, and 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 just being in the state alone, it's it's a world that it's a, it's a country that functions at its own level, whether it's from finances and how things are done. Just being prompt, like simple things like being prompt on time, and 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 how that is a culture, and just to leave that culture. Kim, how to Sizwe, be, I'm so sorry yeah. that I'm cutting you off, but we run out of time for this segment. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I will definitely continue the conversation about Yali. I'm um, in the second.